Welcome to This Dev Life, the podcast for developers, where we talk about the daily life of developers, challenges we face, and how we overcome these challenges every single day. Join me and let's have fun together. Are you looking to start a podcast like this? Anchor makes it super easy to get started with recording and automatically distributing your podcast to the most popular platforms all for free. You can create podcasts from your phone, computers, or bring in pre-recorded episodes and overlay them with free background tracks. Make money easily with no minimum listenership requirement. It is the podcast platform for all. Download the free app today from your app stores or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello people, how are you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and um, how are you enjoying your day or your afternoon or your evening? I hope you're having fun and staying safe. Today on the show, I have with me a very good friend of mine. He's based in Ghana, Accra, Ghana. Well, I don't know why I ran here from the US, but he's here in Ghana and well i'm in the uk now left africa for them <laughs> uh but yeah he's on the show today and he's one of the most exemplary developers solutions architects slash devops iot power apps a lot of things guy i know and we just want to dig into his brain today to you know have a feel of what it feels like to be a multifaceted programmer so mr sam welcome to the show go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners <laughs> thank you, Darren. Thank you for having me. And thank you, our listeners and viewers. Um, it's an awesome opportunity. Anytime, you know, myself and Darren get together. If you don't stop us, you know, we just get, you know, we just get rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, for the sakes of those who might, you know, have not heard or probably know me, my name is Samala Jani. I am, like Dara said, based in Accra, Ghana. Um, I am a solutions developer, solutions architect. Um, I'm a polyglot, so to speak. Uh, I like to solve problems with technologies and tools that are available for me to use. And I like to explore and do new things. Uh, basically, that's me. I'm a crazy community, you know, freak. I stream three times a week. I have a podcast. And if I am not doing, you know, my everyday tech stuff, I'm either doing some IoT project I'm building or something like that. But hey, fun fact, I'm also a lover of theater and music. So um, if you're interested in that as well, you can, you know, you can hook me up or, you know, get me and we can talk about that as well. But it's great to be on the show. All right. All right. All right. Thanks for coming up. Now, um, can you tell us how you actually get started with all this coding stuff and what got you started? Well, so I... I would say that, I mean, for those who believe in faith, um, I think I was, I, I, I told myself I was born to do this. And you would understand why I, I said that. So growing up, I, has, I have been one of those kids who um, never conflicted what I wanted to do when I grew up. All right. I almost always was consistent with what I wanted to do in the areas. It was always something related to engineering. Now, so I... I was born and bred in a, in a joint services barracks. So when I mean joint services, military and police and other, you know, um, I think secret service and other. So it was like a huge barracks where all these people were together. Now, the barracks where I was was actually the national 
uh, workshop for the Ghana Police Service. So what that meant was that um, um, woodwork in terms of carpentry, mechanical work, electrical work, engineering work, all that happening in that area. So they always had like a huge garage and a huge parking lot of abandoned cars, uh, accident police vehicles, motorcycles, like things that cars were that they were either going to repair or not going to repair. So what that gave me was the opportunity to go, you know, take out the light bulbs, take out some wires from here, take out some pieces from here, and then, you know, kind of like build my own stuff. Uh, but growing up, I also had a tendency of breaking my father's radios. So my father had like three or four AM FM radios, which I always broke, you know, I dismantled all of it. And then one fateful day he came back and I had assembled and fixed all the four. And he was surprised. So in my family, they kind of knew that I was towing that line. I mean, then computers, you know, they didn't come in. And I have a very interesting story on computers. And if you are an African growing up in Africa, if your parents do not understand the value or the essence of what you want to learn or what you want to do, it's hard for you to get a support from them. Mm, like most of us growing up, if you try to play football in our time, it was, a, it was an abomination. But today, people are seeing sports as lucrative and they are even encouraging their kids to do that. In our time, if you wanted to be a visual artist or wanted to do visual art, you were seen as a dumb person. You know, so if our parents didn't understand the dynamics of what you wanted to do, it was hard to get a support. That's what I'm saying that for me, fortunately, I, I, for some mysterious and miraculous way, my father had an encounter with technology. And that was like, for me, that point where I said, no, I want my son to do this. So my father, like any other African man, was very proud of their kids. You know, when, when, I'm, when I was able to do all these things, he was proud. Now, he was a volleyball player. Even though he was a police officer, he was the head coach for the Ghana police volleyball team. He was a master tactician. I mean, in, in the local league in Ghana, you know, the police team was just winning streaks. So he went to play club championship, I think, in Italy, somewhere in Rome. And if you're familiar with volleyball, they have this um, statistics or side-out sheet where every coach or team is actually striking the points, the blocks, the side-outs that his team is playing on paper. So they were playing, I think, was it Egypt or Italy, one of the countries. So on the other side, he, he noticed they had something like a television, I mean, it was a computer that he didn't know that, on their table. And they kept punching. And then volleyball was best of five. So my father won the very first two sets. But then he lost the last three. So he was curious. So after the game, he was going to talk to the opponent and have a conversation. And he was curious, like, what was that thing that, you know, they kept punching? So it was then that they revealed to him that, well, this is the paper you kept, you know, pushing to show who your your, your hard haters were, your blockers were, mm -hmm. and your style of play. We were feeding that into the computer to get some information from the computer. So after the very first two sets, we knew who your top players were. We knew your style of play. So that's how come we could, you know, combat and defend and win. And the last three was like, oh, really? So this thing called the computer was able to do that. And coincidentally, when he returned from that, you know, the, the championship, our school then has started computer classes. I was, I think I was in grade four or class four, as we call it here. So immediately I was like, hey, daddy, they've started computer class and I want you just like computer. So once he had computers, <laughs> he <jumped and> on. <laughs> his personal encounter with it was like, you are learning it. You know, you wh whether you like, like you are learning it. So for me, it was just like faith and everything just came together. And from that time, 
I must say, you know, they have been very incredible. You know, getting me through computer school, even after school, paying extra to the teachers to take me one-on-one. And, you know, and this is where we are. So from class four, if you can imagine, that's a very, very, very young age. Started doing Q, basic, and all those crazy things. So, yeah, so that's how my journey started. Wow, that's some quite interesting journey right there. And you're one of <laughs> yeah. the lucky ones. Uh, I remember starting computing. <laughs> I, know, right? I think my first encounter with a computer was yeah. when I was about 11 <laughs> years old or so. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah i grew up in a village literally so yeah that's what it is but of course i mean that, that's why you know i was i started with saying that you know if if it is not you know if you don't have that exposure as a parent to some of these things you're not even you don't even encourage your kids to go there and you know i was just privileged so i'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity and i and i always always i'm trying to give the same opportunity to people when i meet them that hey look you know you can do this so yeah that's that's the story all right all right all right so now from grade four till now you've had serious encounters with computing and now you've worked that big companies you've been in the u.s you decided to come back to accra to improve the ecosystem uh now out of curiosity what actually made you come back to accra like is it the love is it we're just fed up of the u.s (laughs) oh there was was a lot there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of factors you know there was family factors there was professional factors i mean work factors and there was also the love of you know um stuff that i was doing because i i noticed something so back in the state um i would come to ghana once a year and anytime i came i was just it was just part of me to organize a workshop on the new technologies for that period that had learned you know i come down i do a workshop and i noticed there was the hunger for it like i noticed Mm -hmm. that people were you know in love with it i think the one that really told me look this is it was um the very first um, Amazon Alexa skill development workshop at, at that point, I think, was the first in Africa. We had people coming from Kenya, Nigeria. The whole place was packed. So I was like, wait a minute. People want to learn these things, but the opportunity has not, not been there. created for them to learn. You know, and then I realized in the US that meetup culture was huge. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a meetup for virtually anything. You know, like in your case where you, you play the saxophone, there is a meetup for people who are just saxophone enthusiasts. You know to meet share ideas play new song that's like meter for everything so coming from that culture and i i realized the way the meetups actually benefited and helped you grow in your various professions because mm-hmm, it connected you with other people doing the same things you could learn what you're doing you could bring the problems you're having at work somebody in the meetup has already solved it before it was like an open space where you could learn and share so after a couple of times you know coming back and going i was like wait a minute i mean if we are relocating you know we're coming back home would it make sense you know make this one of the pillars or reasons why because at that point to be very honest with you i had done a lot back in the states that i just felt it wasn't resonating it, it wasn't impactful you know the impact wasn't felt that much there because pretty much everything there was figured out but back home and for those who know me i'm always for the african agenda i'm always looking for an opportunity that put me in a role or position where i can affect the lives of africans you know that's that for me is the biggest thing because i tell myself if i an african you know can make it out there you know command a lot of people do start work with big shots you know i think any other african who has that that vision can do it the only thing is for us to support them to do it right so for me 
part of the move in a, you know aside the family and other professional stuff the huge chunk was that i wanted to be part of the movement or to be part of that that revolution that transformed and changed you know the tech ecosystem on the continent and so that was even the main reason why i took the role at andela because then i aligned with the avishik because you're taking young africans training them world-class training and pairing them so i really bought into that you know that idea and that was one of the main reasons why i came so for me at the heart of my relocation is to help promote africans in technology all right all right all right thanks for that insight uh now uh okay if i may ask another curious question how many programming <laughs> languages do you write um so i mean i i to be very honest my first love was um my my first true love okay was was q basic because that's what i started with you know but then q basic is you know and then vb was the next one you know it was the king you i mean in the in those times you know if you didn't want if vb was you know was just it so i do let's even leave q basic and vb out but i do c sharp i do python i do typescript or javascript so i do all the flavors of javascript so no let's just keep it for javascript um i do php as well not you know as as much as i would love to do but um now if you ask me to pick my top three it would be c sharp javascript and python c sharp js python oh and don't forget the ones we did in school don't forget the ones we did in school you know the oh, cc plus plus i do that because of <laughs> i do that because of iot because most of the iot project for for the c embedded systems i use cc plus plus but in recent times i've, I've come to love using um, javascript and python for most of my iot projects so in terms of priority you'll be c sharp uh, javascript and then python and uh, for you i know aside from being a programmer you're a cloud lover a very big cloud lover yes uh, so what cloud yep. players do you play with and what technologies do you use on them oh i play i play a lot with all the clouds but if you didn't know i am a microsoft azure mvp so specifically on the microsoft cloud um i mean yeah you know yeah let me just it let me just you know flaunt that a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah it is, it is, what it is. <laughs> so yeah so on 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 the on the azure cloud um mostly i do a lot of stuff with you know um web apps do a lot of stuff with functions do a lot of stuff with the devops um, um devops aspect of it do a lot of stuff with cognitive services so louis vishing ai um those stuff um i don't do much of infrastructure not that i it's just that i i am on the you know i would call myself the creative or the dev stuff exactly yeah stuff of it uh but i mean i could spin up vms and do stuff that i want to do but you know you think closely if it's not a regulation or any compliance reasons i don't see why you know one should be towing that part unless of course a legacy application or something but those would be the areas where i do match on on the other on the sister cloud solutions um i use a lot of um uh, gcp for uh, especially for firebase i use a lot of firebase uh from from google side and then for amazon uh most of the things that i use are either the s3 storage buckets and some iot related stuff and then lambda uh, functions on them so those would be um the services in terms of cloud that i use on the other sister cloud providers all right all right all right so is a dev 
is a cloud guy, IoT guy, MVP, Microsoft guy, four languages guy, plus the many other ones he did in school. So now with all we don't count those. <laughs> well, <laughs> It's just amazing to see, uh, as we grow as developers, we mm-hmm. tend to learn more languages that we started with. For mm-hmm. example, I started with Social. Right, yeah. uh, I, mm-hmm. well, I can do a lot of Python now. So some mm-hmm. JavaScript, not that I really love it. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, yeah. Some, yeah, PHP. I can debug PHP. Uh, mm-hmm. Fortran. I know Fortran a lot, yes. I taught Fortran in school. And as you mm-hmm. grow, you learn more. Now, for you as oh, a developer, yeah. as a senior engineer, solutions architect, mm. how do you gather all these skills? How, how do you become you? How did you grow to become mm. you? How did Sam grow to become Sam from yeah. that guy from grade four who loved computers to becoming the Sam we know today? How did you grow to become that? Mm. So, um, there are, I think one of the reasons that um, distinguish all of us from what we do um I, and I, I i can say that the people like us who probably share the same traits so as far back as in grade four okay i was so passionate to the extent that i naturally started you know i i was learning things my my group wasn't learning mm. and you know then even connecting the computer was a huge task it's not today that there are color color codes where you have green i think purple where you know the mouse is green and the keyboard is you know then there were no you know color codes for you to to you know to do they're all white you know and amongst the group i happened to be the only one who at that time could fix the computer together like to assemble it because the one we started was just it was just two computers and it was always in the principal's office so when it was time for computer classes we had to go pick it, take it to one of the classroom, and then connect everything. A lot of people couldn't connect that. And for some reason, because I was just, just passionate about it, I was the one who was able to do that. Like, I will fix a computer from, you know, beginning to end. There had, I had always had this thing for knowledge sharing and teaching. Mm-hmm. So right from that step, I was always looking out for, okay, what, what next can I do? What next can I learn? Because I wanted to learn something so I could share with people. And and that has some that's something that has actually, you know, grown with me where if I learn something new today, I want everybody around me to know that some can do this. Mm. You know, and then I try to apply it in a way that will be helpful to people. So I think that is one of the things that has been a driver for me. So I call myself I'm self-motivated and I'm an early adapter in the sense that. I'm always on the lookout for technology. I know, uh, fun fact is that I also taught uh, IT. Um, so from, from school, I, I think I taught I taught computing from the primary school to middle school to secondary school. When I was in secondary school, actually, um, first year, second term, I started teaching my mates. When I was in second year in, in high school, I started teaching SS1s and setting exams questions. And so kind of like teaching was kind of like just naturally part of me. And if you were a teacher and were a very good teacher, you never stop learning yourself mm-hmm, exactly. because you never know what questions or things your students will throw at you. So I think that is one thing that naturally got me started. Like I've, I've been very curious. If I hear of a new technology, I want to learn it. And I want to see how that technology makes my life or how it makes my existing like solutions better. And I'll give you an example. ECMAScript has, you know, evolved, even, even C-sharp. 
has has evolved you know and something that you probably wrote 10 c-sharp lines to do today you can write it in one line you get the point so if you're not constantly learning you can't better your code you can't better your solution you can't better your product or you can't build better solution so for me i think a few things one that teaching and sharing you know characteristics of myself is what drives me to want to learn more so that i can share okay and i'm very curious you know that curiosity in me wanting to know what this tech is how can i use a tech to solve a problem and um in, in in terms of the corporate or they call it in terms of the in terms of the characteristics i've forgotten that there there are pioneers there are integrators so i i took all those tests and i was told i am a pioneer so i'm always looking out for what's new out there mm-hmm. so what how can i use it and that drive because i want to share it when i find out how to do something the next thing is he's streaming it or he's blogging or he's doing something about it so i think that is what has made me who i am so i never stop learning i'm always curious i'm still amassing knowledge on to learn something new and solve problems so i think that is what has you know the drive that has brought me this far and that's what has made someone who someone is so whilst my my, my mate and my peers are sleeping at night um you always catch someone even midnight all times different time zones he's always up you're like what is this dude doing up? well he's figuring something out you know he just purchased some hardware or he saw something and i'm trying to understand it so that tomorrow i can share that you know technology i can share what i have learned from it so i think that's what's made me who i am thanks very much Jonah. and normally i would ask uh, if you're younger what advice you get yourself but i think all these points have sort of given that idea <laughs> And I just started yeah. to go that way today. Like, let's have a little bit of fun, Ghana. So, since I'm having someone that does what I do on the show today, and I must yeah. really say thanks very much yeah. for, for for all that. But mm-hmm. I will still ask anyway. Yeah. If you were to give one advice to your yeah. 10-year-old mm. self, what advice would you mm. give yourself? <sighs> um, considering considering you know how I started. Um, I must say that I don't regret any decisions I took, but I would have the, the, the one ad- advice would have been be more daring and take more risks. Mm. I think one of the things I didn't do was I didn't take a lot of risk when I was younger, you know, because I was then a bit confined in, you know, in just what I knew around me. And and to you'd be surprised, I was very timid and shy. So that would be you know go all out be daring open up that would be the key thing because i realized that as you open up you know as you are you are daring as you are you know breaking the status quo you learn a lot you fail a lot and once you're failing you're learning from it i think one of the things i was afraid of failure at at that age i was afraid of failure so i think that at some point limited me because i'm sure if i had failed a couple of times i would have learned a lot of lessons and done things a bit differently yeah okay okay thank god i actually asked <laughs> when i've gotten that answer out of me <laughs> all right all right all right <laughs> okay people thanks yep. for listening up until this time on this podcast episode where we have samuel adrani joining us from accra ghana if this is your first time on this podcast i must really guess you like it because you're listening up until now so please go ahead and subscribe and leave a review for the podcast it helps the podcast reach more people just like you 
and of course uh follow share with your friends and family people you think might uh, gain from this and of course past episodes listen to them they are really impactful and future episodes will bring more people like sam on the show i have some ideas in my head of really awesome people to bring from the us uk canada and all that so make sure you subscribe yeah. so you don't miss those episodes and to give it a wrap for the day i would say stay safe keep learning keep having fun become self-motivated and be daring till i come your way again with another episode of this dev life i will say goodbye you've been listening to this dev life a podcast for developers by darao ladabo thanks for joining me on the show I'll see you in the next episode.